it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. This episode is sponsored by The Hilltop Services. Our mission is to provide business professionals with assistance for all of their administrative needs. Book a consultation today at thehilltopservices.com. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandi Taylor. We have an awesome guest today, Candace Shepard. Welcome, Candace. Well, thank you, Brandi, for having me. Very excited to be here with you. I'm excited to have you. So before we get into all the awesome things that you're doing, I like to ask my guests to give a fun fact. So can you either give us a fun fact or tell us something about yourself that most people would not know? Well, I'm going to go with the not so easy part as usual was to tell someone something that they don't know about me. And it's that in spite of how great of a communicator and educator I am, baby, I am as silly as someone can come. (laughs) I'm talking like, you know, silly tricks for rabbits, the cereal type silly. Okay. (laughs) And so it's funny uh, in particular because I tend to switch gears without people even seeing it coming. So I can be really intense with something and then crack a joke and everyone's dying and they're like, girl, you are crazy. I didn't even know you were as crazy as you come across. So that's something that most absolutely would not know about. I like that because I think that, you know, I love to laugh and I can be very silly myself. And I don't know, I think that's the fun part about me. You can't be serious all the time, right? you can't after a while you know it's the one thing that allows us to influence others when they see like oh you know your stuff but you're down to earth you know I can totally get where you're coming from you're like me I I feel you so hard on that (laughs) awesome awesome well hopefully will you'll make us laugh today at some point (laughs) (laughs) we'll see we'll see see. so tell us a little bit about your um your work in the industry. I know you've been in the, you've been in the beauty industry for a long time. So tell us a little bit about you and um, your experience. What was interesting about me getting into the beauty industry was it was never a goal, like ever. <laughs> in fact, uh, for years, I was what one would call a late bloomer, you know, really not into keeping my appearances up. I'm very much a tomboy sheet. Another fun fact most people would not know about me in spite of how like vast my makeup knowledge is. Um, I'm very easygoing down to earth. Like I said, you know, give me a pair of Timberlands and a tank top and I'm good to go, you know? But with respect to the beauty industry, I inadvertently fell in and I had lost my health. This was back in 2008 and I had to give up my event planning business. So I was an entrepreneur long before I came into the beauty industry. And so to make things really short and sweet, what was crazy was um, I had had my hair down my back super long, was really healthy and was glowing. And within three months of getting sick, girl, I was a bald head scallywag, okay? My hair had fallen out, (laughs) you know? I had lost about 45 pounds in two months. And, you know, heart rate at a ridiculous um, number, I'm talking like 160 beats a minute. I couldn't eat or keep anything down. And when I say I was a mess, I was a mess. 
And so as I started to heal the thought of having the strength to take better care of myself and to learn more about something I was passionate about as a teenager, or maybe say interested, because I definitely wasn't wearing makeup and things like that. But um, as I got older, and started to take better care of myself, my interest in beauty really began to peak. And it, it wasn't, again, something I ever thought about turning into a career. But what was interesting was people started to notice that I was putting myself together and that I was looking healthier. And that started to translate into questions. And the more people questioned what I did, the more influence I had. And the more I taught them about of what I had learned from being sick for so long, you know, what worked with my skin and what didn't, the more people started to flock around what I was doing. And that led to starting a channel on YouTube. And then from YouTube, about four years in on YouTube, I decided, you know what, I really want to give this a chance. I want to see what it's like to be a professional artist. And literally just deep dove in, weddings, and all of that translated to social media. <laughs> and from social media, it was, you know, a lot of other prominent artists and, you know, just incredible people in the industry, like Sam Fine, who found out about what I was doing and things just really took off from there. Awesome, awesome. So are you still operating as a makeup artist now? Yes, but more so behind the scenes. So uh, one of the things that I decided I wanted to do back in January of 2017 was to pivot. I decided, you know what, there are a lot of creatives who are coming to me for a great understanding with respect to what they can build, what's unique about their image and how they can make an impact with their influence. And so I decided that once I was ready to pivot, which hit right around June of 2017, that I would open up other avenues for others to learn. And so the clients that I do take on in the beauty industry are more corporate based. You know, I do a lot of public speaking and it's important for them to understand how to put themselves together so that that translates to anything else they do with their business. So I'm doing it more behind the scenes because I don't want to lead too much with beauty and people will, attach themselves to what they see you leading with the most and so on that end you know i've turned um quite a lot around for my business but it's it's in a very specific way and with a very unique clientele that i provide those services so it doesn't squeeze out all i'm doing and limit me to only doing makeup for the rest of my life i love it um did you find it hard to shift because from being known as a makeup artist and now you're consulting people and helping them with their businesses and things like that. Did you I didn't find the, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I would just say, did you find that to be a hard shift? Not at all. And particularly because I was already rooted and grounded as an entrepreneur before going into the beauty business. So it was kind of like God had spun this crazy opportunity and made me look like a genius. And in reality, I had been doing it long before I came into this industry. And so what it was is that so many people were watching me make these transitions seamlessly. And they're like, how did you go from event planning to design? You know, initially I had done some fashion 
uh, prior to becoming an entrepreneur full time and doing event planning. And they were like, everything that you're doing, you're getting clients. You're communicating well with people. Like they're actually like, what are you doing that we're not? And so as I made the transition into the beauty industry, I already had a plethora of people who remembered me prior to that. It's just those in the beauty industry were not aware of my background before I started the pivot. And I, I knew that I really did not want to limit myself to only working with one type of creative. So the pivot wasn't hard. What I will say was difficult was so many people were from the beauty industry were very committed to just that about that I did. And so they were like, what? We didn't even know there was all this other side to you. And so, but it only took, I want to say about four or five months uh, for people to really get on board with um, how I had changed my content and things of that nature. And I still have, you know, tons of people reaching out to me for individual service and things. And I just gently let them down and let them know I'm only working with these types of brands and businesses. And here's how I serve now. Great. So it's interesting that you help multi-passionate entrepreneurs and you are a multi-passionate entrepreneur yourself, but a lot of times you get mixed, you know, reviews with that. Cause some people say, you know, you should find a niche and you should just really, you know, ride that niche and that's what you should deal with. And then I've heard people say, well, they're serial entrepreneurs, they're multi-passionate and they can do multiple things. So can you kind of speak to that? Absolutely. And so what I like to do to really get people to wrap their minds around being multi-passionate or someone who's never heard of the term or just likes to glorify it as something that, you know, people who are unfocused do so they can do everything is I tell them that you're the niche. So when someone comes to me and they're wanting to learn about clarity and confidence, which is what all of my content promotes, they are coming to me for my perspectives on that matter. And so I can choose any of the things I'm passionate about to get them more clear or help them feel more confident with. And so at first glance, what I want everyone to notice is that that is where I want everything to be driven towards. I want you to come to me to become confident in very specific things. So while I am multi-passionate in many things, they are not all of the things I want people to be focused on. I've narrowed it down to three primary passions. So I have image, I have brand, and then I have business. And if you really were to narrow that down to one simple word, it all breaks down to image. Your brand is a reflection of who you are, the way you run your business, how large you decide to build it or not. The way you put together that infrastructure is all affected by the way you reflect yourself. And so I try to encourage anyone that's very passionate, I make it very clear, you cannot do it all at the same time. However, if you are clear about what you can do for someone, period, that allows you to focus on two or three additional things that you would love to serve that all fall under the very specific umbrella. For me, it's always to help a creative become more confident in their image, their unique talents, the experiences and the background that they have 
which will help speak to a very specific group of people. So in essence, I'm doing one thing in all the ways it comes naturally to me to do it. And so that's the key when you're multi-passionate. You, if not, you're running around like a chicken without a head. You know, people are like, which one is it, girl? And how does, and what? And if you look at beauty, it falls under image. If you look at confidence, it falls under image. If you want to get clear on what you need to stop doing or what you need to unlearn to further develop your business, it all comes down to image. And so it is a singular thing, a singular umbrella that all those other things I love falls underneath. Anything outside of that is going to be utter confusion and chaos. So always look at it as though you are the niche, the way I do things, the way I approach them, the way I run things is what allows me to express myself in all these different ways. Awesome. That's interesting. So for someone who may not know, can you kind of break down um, exactly the services that you're offering to your clients? Oh, absolutely. It is strictly all things that deal with personal and professional development and how that affects the way you develop your brand and business. That's it. So if I were to synthesize that and to make it real simple, okay, so we're not complicating stuff anymore. Essentially, it's teaching creatives things like task management over time management, how to adequately infuse their image into their brand. That's not just picking colors because it makes sense to you and things of that nature because they excite you, but actually thinking about the compound impact and effect you want to have on people that need help. That, like, if you were to ask me what it boils down to over anything, it's all communication. So if you're struggling with how to communicate through your sales process, if you're struggling with how to communicate through your content, and that all boils down again to clarity. If you're unclear of how you reflect to others or where your skills and talents lie or what your background can actually enhance that you're doing currently, it's very difficult for you to be confident. It's very difficult for you to decide you're going to put something out there to communicate that you can help someone create change for them, solve a problem, things of that nature. So in essence, if I were to give you three words, when someone comes to me, it's to learn how to develop the way they communicate, the way they market themselves, and the way they present themselves, whether it's online, offline, or even on camera. Okay. So without giving all the goodies away, because they could definitely hire you, but <laughs> just give like a sneak peek like uh, about communicating, marketing, like just one thing of each of those, if you could give us one of those. If I were to give you a breakdown of how that translates, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, when it comes to communicating with confidence, a lot of times people are struggling, creatives in particular, because they're used to creating in their own little zone and in a way that only connects with them. They're not thinking about the community they're trying to solve a problem for or inspire at large. And so what's really important when it comes to communicating with confidence is knowing how to keep things conversational, how to get the conversation started, and how to lead someone through that particular process. A lot of times we put things out there and the expectation is someone is going to respond the way we've responded to what we've created. 
And that is not how business works. That's not how communication works. And so what I do, as I mentioned before, is I help creatives to unlearn what it's like to be isolated in their zone and how to break that up into steps, whether that's through an automated funnel or through a marketing strategy or through a series of content pieces they're gonna put out. So it takes some, someone through a story they see themselves in. What issue they had at the beginning, how your experience and background or skills can help them get through the process. Everybody hates being stuck in the middle, okay? And then how that translates to getting a very specific outcome that's carved out for them. So that's the communication aspect of development. If we were to talk about confidence, you know, confidence, again, it breaks down the clarity. If I help you to see yourself more clearly, you're that much more likely to introduce yourself to someone whether it's in your first social media post or in an elevator or at a meeting when you have to network and things of that nature. So that covers communication, that covers confidence. Now with marketing, marketing is a whole nother beast. And a lot of times I find it's a beast for creatives, multi-passionate especially, is because we are confusing it with branding and just showing up. <laughs> that is not how it works. And one thing we need to do in order to make the distinction between branding and marketing is to understand that branding is what we make people feel. Branding is when someone lays eyes on you, how you get someone's attention. But the issue is we're getting the attention, but we're not keeping it through the marketing, which is the communication, as I mentioned before. Once you understand how to get someone's attention and then what to do in steps two and three to keep it, that is what enables you to feel more confident about doing it in new ways, online, offline, and on camera, as I mentioned before. Yeah, I can see that. And to piggyback off what you were saying before, I think a, a lot of times people actually are marketing to themselves and not to their ideal client. Honey, listen, yeah. you said a word. <laughs> you know, and I am so with you. And it's what I was talking about. Like we're in our zones and we want to be moved by what we're doing. And we never stop to ask ourselves, is this communicating to the person I want to help? Do I even know what part, what stage they're stuck in? Because I may be in the advanced parts of my stages of development. But if I want to connect with someone who's at the beginning, I need to speak the language of someone at the beginning of the story. And so I have a lot of creatives who come to me, like, you know, whether they're inside of my programs or in consultations one-on-one, -on -one, and they're like, I'm getting followers, but it's people like me. And I'm like, girl, because you're speaking their language. <laughs> you're, you're talking in a way that only they understand. And that means you're not clear on who you need to be targeting and what the language needs to reflect as you're attempting to target them. So I'm with you, girl. I'm just, it's like, whew, it's not now, easy. I think a lot of people do that because honestly, I'm building my personal brand and I do actually get a lot of speakers and, you know, people that are doing the same thing that actually are following. I do get some, some other people, but I think it's easy to do that because a lot of times we're, we may be speaking 
to the expert and not necessarily looking at what someone needs that that are not on the level so say if you're on the level five you got to be talking to the the two the one the twos the threes and the fours not talking to the fives because if you're talking to the fives you're attracting the people that's on your same level and they're not necessarily going to hire you so exactly <laughs> oh my goodness and you know it's like it's like creating your own language and then wondering why no one understands you you know, and one of the other reasons we do that, and I really reinforce this uh, whenever I'm working with someone, is that because we're stuck in a pattern of doing things a very particular way. And so when someone comes to me, usually they're like, I've never heard anybody talk like you or this. What? Like, I've never even heard this. And it's because we're just used to replicating, reproducing what's already been done or what we know. And we forget, like you said, if we're at five, baby, we got to do four, three, two, and one. They, they have to find themselves in what we're saying as well as what we're doing so that they, that desire to ask the question, how do I work with you? What can you do for me? Comes up and then you go, okay, let's go. Let me tell you what we're going to do next as the leader you are. Great, great. So how do you stay motivated? I do not believe in motivation. (laughs) So you don't believe in motivation. (laughs) No, I feel that motivation is moot. And this is not to put anyone down that promotes motivation with creatives being that I'm inherently a creative. I feel conditioning is way more important. And I say conditioning over discipline because discipline brings a lot of patterns up into our head again the pattern of being punished in order to get something executed. And a lot of creatives that I work with deal with trauma, uh, personal trauma that affects the way they show up professionally. So for me, I'm like, I've got to alleviate all this stuff going on in your head, baby, before we can talk about anything else. And so when I introduce them to things like task management over time management, and I show them how to manage their energy levels and where to put their outlines for production and the ways that they need to show up, they start feeling free from things like schedules and, oh, I've got to feel it or I've got to motivate myself to build up to do it. And it's like, no, I am putting you in a position where that pattern is at play. And so even when you're not feeling it, that's not what's driving you. And so that's my thing, you know, it's not that motivation, you know, a lot of people say it works, but for me and the people I've coached and trained and educated over the years, conditioning goes way further than motivation ever will. So you think instead of worrying about being motivated, you need to be conditioned to do the things that you need to do and to operate in your creativity and your business or? Absolutely. Okay. So perfect example, if I were to make that more tangible so people could grasp it in their head, you know, when you wake up in the morning, there are certain things that you do out of habit, quote unquote, and you don't think about them. And so I teach this to my students and those who work with me for this specific reason. Creatives, when they overthink, they get overwhelmed. The more overwhelmed you are, the less action you will take. And so I'm trying to eliminate all of the thinking you're doing before you even allow your mind to go there. And so when you understand that 
this plays a major part in conditioning and building habits that serve you. It's so much easier to not let the overthinking become kryptonite, but to keep you from taking action. So that's why I am looking at things like their energy levels. You know, perfect example, when Monday rolls around, baby, I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to take no calls. It's that I don't want to make money and things of that nature. I have systems set up that do that for me. But Monday is a day I like to recharge after all of the producing and work I've done over the weekend. And so because we don't understand things like that, like there are some days in the week I'm going to have to carve out specifically for me to recharge. It becomes that much harder to build and develop your business to scale around you in a way that doesn't strip you of your desire to keep showing up. So when I take that day on Monday, baby, I am ready to run Tuesday through Sunday all over again. And so that's how things are worked out for me. And it's, it's really important. It really is important for us to understand ourselves so we can master ourselves and then put things into place that allow us to show up even when the feeling or the motivation isn't there. So that's interesting because um, a lot of times as entrepreneurship, it's like a constant grind. You got to grind. You got to do this. You know, you got to be out there. No sleep. Sleep is for dead people and stuff like that, right? So um, why do you think it's so hard for creatives or entrepreneurs to take that time? Because I think a lot of people probably find it difficult to just like say, okay, I'm going to take time and not, you know, re regenerate my energy and not focus on business this particular day. This is going to be my day. Because I, I talk to a lot of people who find it hard to even just carve out a day. Creatives inherently are givers. And so that's why that's where we derive a lot of our value and worth. So it's like if I'm not being productive, if I'm not giving something away, I'm not as useful. I'm less than. And it's something I've heard recently, and it's really toxic when I hear it, when people are saying things like, you know, if you're not useful, you're useless. Sometimes you're just not plugged in to the most efficient way to be useful, or you're lacking systems, conditioning, habits that allow you to show up for yourself. And so the natural thing is to always default to what we've always done, which is give and give and give and give some more until you have nothing left to give. And so uh, I'll, I can give you a little bit more of the backstory of how I ended up in beauty in the first place. And that's because while I was running my event planning business, I was driving myself into the ground. Okay, honey, I was getting paid panties, <laughs> not panties, panties, okay, <laughs> to run my business. And I'm talking, I'd be signing contracts for $1,000 to do six months of work. Wow. Six months. And I learned very quickly when I lost my health, and because this was about two and a half years after starting that business, that um, this was after I had come home 1130 at night after seeing a client. What business did I have seeing a client so late? Ask, ask me, girl. I don't have the answer still sway, okay? <laughs> but at the time, I had come home late, and I walked into my home, and my husband had not had any food left out for me and without thinking, ran into my fridge, grabbed a case of milk that I didn't even realize had spoiled and was eating 
And soon as I took that bite, knew something was terribly wrong. Um, basically got the worst case of food poisoning one can get and didn't recover from it. Wow. And so it taught me a very powerful lesson about continuing to pour myself out so much that I'm not making sure I can continue showing up. And so it took me about two years before I got back into entrepreneurship because, honey, I didn't even know if I was going to live, okay? I was a bald head scallywag, hair was gone, <laughs> couldn't eat nothing, and I was a mess, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, looking back, it has helped me, uh, you know, in essence, I can say God has given me a story that people can learn from. And with it, I'm able to equip creatives with the understanding of how valuable their time is and how, yes, your gifts were meant to give away, but not at your expense. So we can get clear on what value your time is now, because I can tell you from experience and you can't argue with experience, okay? The, the patches of hair still growing in can't argue with me either, okay? So between that and my ability to educate and help them to understand that you must make time to recharge in order to show up is what helps them to feel more confident about things like, this is what I charge and I'm not going to budge on it. This is what my value is. This is why I've set my time up this way so I can give you the absolute best of me and not stop giving whatever I have left around and then wondering why people aren't responding to it. Phone that I have that I do so much of my work on and never recharge it, you know, I'd be out of gas when it was time to put another post up or talk to someone. So it's like, why would we be more comfortable recharging the things we use and not ourselves when we're used the most? Mm -hmm. you no, know, it just doesn't translate. And so that's why we do it inherently. We, we don't have the clarity on our value and our time and what that should cost. And so we just keep giving it away in hopes that someone, a celebrity, a particular client is gonna come along and quantify that for us and then that becomes the time we can say no, or this is what I want to do next. And it's like, honey, you don't even know if you're going to make it there. Why you want to give it all away? What are you compensating for? Or Friday is going to be my day or whatever it is for you. One of the biggest reasons why entrepreneurs struggle to grow their business is because they are simply wearing too many hats. The Hilltop Services has over 10 years of professional administrative experience. Our mission is to provide business professionals with assistance for all of their administrative needs. By providing support through general administrative and executive assistance, our clients can focus on what drives income. We are confident that your business can grow and increase productivity. Our agency can assist in daily tasks that keep your business organized with great customer service being our top priority. Need assistance? Book your consultation today at thehilltopservices.com. Yeah. So what do you think one of the biggest um, misconceptions is when it comes to being a, um, a multi-passionate entrepreneur? And so... I can flip this either of two ways, just as you asked. You know, the first thing, if I were to say on, on the outside, if someone is not a multi-passionate entrepreneur, 
looking at someone that's multi-passionate, the first misconception, especially if that person isn't exactly organized or doesn't know how to communicate these things clearly, is that they don't know what's best for them to do or that they're all over the place or whatever the case may be. And the reality is, and so it's another reason, another thing for us to apologize for. And it's like, apologizing doesn't make it easier. It doesn't make it clearer for someone to understand. The power comes, the confidence comes when you own it. That yes, there are many things you're fascinated by and the opposite end of the power that comes from owning that you're multi-passionate is that it allows you to be unapologetic about how you spend your time and with whom you're going to spend your time with. So that's for on the outside. On the inside of being a multi-passionate entrepreneur, like actually being one of myself, the most common misconception is that you can do everything all at the same time. And it's like, ah, oh, baby, that is the fastest way to deplete yourself. While I have many things I'm passionate about, they all reflect, develop, transform someone's image. That's it, you know, personally and professionally. And so now that that has become my focus, that I harness, like what I'm going to teach these creatives and is how to be confident in that image, everything else just gets to play the background of that and it supports it. So essentially for me, that's what's most important to drive home about the misconceptions. You know, you don't have to live according to what people think or believe about you, it's your job to educate them and for that education to separate whether this is someone that's gonna be a part of your community for a while or someone that's not. And then you can just move on to the next person that gets it and then you know continue growing from there. Great. So Candace, I think you have a unique message. Um, I think it's a very much so needed message. And you're and Thank you're so you. giving with it. I know, like on Instagram, you're always sharing your tidbits and everything. So can you? T um, I found it's I found a question on your uh, website, and I want to like just kind of throw it out there, and I want you to kind of speak to it. It says, "Does your unique image make an impact that easily produces income for you?" Yes, and I'm so glad you noticed that question, girl. <laughs> Uh, particularly because I am the type of entrepreneur that wants to make my creatives think, but not be overwhelmed with what they're thinking, you know, to start asking those questions of themselves. And so with respect to this, in essence, if I understand correctly, you're asking me to answer that particular question for myself. Okay, good. Yes. So we're on the same page. Uh, absolutely it does and what is interesting to me, every time it happens you know I've, I've known who I wanted to serve it's going on 14 years in February for a very long time I've been super passionate about creatives especially multi-passionate creatives like myself and so I absolutely know it does and, and here is how I know when I get the emails and the phone calls and the DMs of people telling me that I have transformed the way they see themselves, 
or how they needed so desperately to hear what I said or how they've never even heard of being a multi-passionate entrepreneur or how these things that I teach, you know, self-awareness, self-mastery, self-image have changed them. Absolutely. And I can, what's really important when you, if someone were to come across my website and to ask themselves this question, the best way to quantify whether you're making an impact is to not just see it in the messages and the responses and the engagement, but to also see it in the income. So there's some data, there's numbers, it speaks volumes in the profit. And that's what I can take to someone and say, it's not just in this arena, but here is how I can quite literally show you this person is buying this and here's the results they've gotten and here's the outcome, you know? And so absolutely my unique image produces an impact on so many people and that influence continues to come right back to me. They bring other people with them and it just creates so many opportunities and you know, I'll, you know, speaking engagements and collaborations and training. Sometimes, you know, I have these moments where I'm really humbled and I'm like, man, you know, I'm really allowing other people to see themselves through me. And I think that's what attracts so many of us to the beauty industry. You know, while I have to get on camera and I have to communicate and I have to talk, I would much prefer to be behind the scenes and to help others do that. But the only way I actually do that is to show up genuinely and allow someone to identify with a part of themselves that they see in me. And man, listen, honey, I can go on and on clearly. <laughs> but yes, it absolutely is. And it's the driving force behind everything I want to do with all the people I work with. I really want them to understand their image so that it translates not just into influence, but real impact. And it's interesting um, how you translate your image, because I love it that if, if someone follows you like on Instagram, for instance, and if you just look at it without listening, you're like, okay, she do makeup because you right. your lipstick on, you're putting your eyeshadow on and they, but you're talking about these deep topics. And I really like the way you have kind of brought all of those things together. And um, yeah. so yes. there's and something that you planned out. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll give you a little bit of game on why. <laughs> So, um, and this is something I talk a great deal with uh, my business bestie, Adrienne, about, you know, after so many years being a creative entrepreneur, we are so drawn to the way things look and we sacrifice so much of the substance. I'm like, girl, I don't mind you having some style. Okay. You know, have some fun, put some things out there that grab people's attention, but you should have something that keeps them around. And it's not that beauty won't do that, you know, and it's not that other things, you know, graphic design and things won't get people's attention, but it's, it's what you say and how that makes people feel different ways that gets them to keep coming back. And so uh, that breaks down to strategy. So when someone comes to me, whether they are multi-passionate or singularly passionate as a creative um, and a, as an entrepreneur, 
what I help them to do is to figure out what they're going to lead with. Now, I already had a huge audience that was really beginning to be built with beauty and those who wanted the looks of things and those who really wanted to have the deeper conversations, those who wanted to be developed, who want to think differently about the way they're charging or communicating with others. And so naturally I was like, okay, I know this side of me is going to get people's attention and I know that side is going to keep others. So I'm serving both at the same time. Those who really just want to see how beautifully I put my makeup together in this video, there you go, girl, you got something to look out for. And those on the opposite end will watch and then they're the ones that are coming into my funnel through my direct messages on my website and things like that. And so while beauty does lead a lot, you know, you'll notice, you know, recently, I want to say in the last year, that the beauty content has significantly come down. That's also very strategic because now that uh, I'm becoming way more well-known with respect to developing image, brand, and business, beauty can come back into the scene just a bit more. And so um, I'll be returning back to YouTube, doing more tutorials, but specifically for those of us who want to get on camera, communicate better and things. So we have that fun side at the same time, you know, we've got the fundamentals. I love it. So would you consider yourself to be a coach, like a business coach? And this is interesting, you know, and the way I create distinctions around this, if you're unclear on what a coach does and not you in particular, but anyone listening, uh, what I try to do is I let them know that a coach essentially is going to tell you what to do and then you have to go out there and do it. A trainer, however, is going to get into the mud pit with you. They're going to be with the ropes. Come on, baby, you know, give me 10 more reps, you know? And so I consider myself an educator and trainer over a coach because I'm the one that, while I don't sugarcoat, okay, we do have fun over here, but I don't sugarcoat. I am a straight shooter. I let them know, here's what I've given you to do. Now let's talk about your energy levels and how, this, how you're going to be able to consistently do this in a way that works for you. And then I'm checking in and I'm holding you accountable to what you said and then modifying the training as you go through the different stages of development. So long story short, girl, I consider myself more of an educator and also a trainer than I would a coach. Okay. Do you, do you have a coach yourself? No, which is interesting. I know. And this, this, this will be going to have some real talk. Okay. I have over the last 14 years in so many different ways, reached out coaches, mentors, and you know what they always tell me? I don't need it. And I'm like, look, okay. Don't tell me that I don't need it just because it looks like I'm handling things very well. And so what I've had to surrender to is being very specific about who I continue to go back to for deeper training. And that is what has allowed me uh, to stay on top. You know, some of the people that helped me translate what I knew prior to getting into beauty and what I was doing offline, because I had that thing locked down. Online, it was trouble. And one of those women was Nicole Walters. 
And uh, she basically, I came into, I was like cycle two of one of her programs. And, you know, very much the same thing, telling you don't need the help. <laughs> you know, you already know what you're doing, just kind of run with it. And so I've adopted uh, philosophies and mindsets of people I've learned from and built with. Um, that does not mean I don't take training or classes or do workshops all the time. I'm going to forever be a student. I don't care how much I teach or what I do. And so uh, there are very many people that I rely on with that. But the goal in 2020 is to, God willing, identify the person that's really going to be like me in my life, the way I show up for my people. So, uh, girl, I'm on a hunt. We'll, we'll see. You know, hopefully I'll give you an update soon enough. But uh, that's essentially the goal. Maybe it's just the people that you've come in contact with. Maybe they almost feel intimidated by you or something. Now, girl, you done hit a nerve, okay? You done hit a nerve, Miss Brandy. And let me tell you why. Uh, I honestly believe that that is what it has been about. And it's one of the reasons why I mentioned Nicole Walter. She is nothing like that. Nicole is someone that's going to definitely go to bat for you from the moment you come into contact with her. And... You know, I was one of her early, early success stories, like, you know, just about two weeks in her program, be again, because I had so much understanding and knowledge to begin with. But that is what I have learned is exactly what I do not want my brand and business to be built on. I have seen some of my students go on to do incredible things far beyond what I've been capable of just because they came in. And so I'm not threatened by people. And so that's one of the reasons why I said I'm on the hunt. And I'm hoping that 2020 is the year that I actually come into contact with someone that is going to be a perpetual coach, trainer, mentor to me as I begin to really develop further. And, and I've got some stuff up my sleeve coming. But I feel that uh, that's one of the reasons why creatives don't reach out for support and they don't share more because people feel so intimidated or threatened by someone that actually has their stuff together. And I'm like, you miss out on some of the most beautiful people that way, you know, and how they can open doors for you. Right. And sometimes it's like, if you're, if you're a leader or you're known in a certain area and sometimes it's like, who does the leader speak to? Who does the, you know, who does the, sometimes the person who's always pouring out, sometimes they need people to pour into them. Listen. And sometimes we need to stop with always putting people on a certain level or be intimidated because they achieved a certain thing. People are people. And, but, but sometimes it's hard for people to separate. And so maybe they may talk to you and be like, oh, well, she got it all together. I can't help her. Instead of just like really diving deep and really listening to a person and seeing in what areas they can help them in, no matter like what level that they're on. I think we've all have different experiences and we've lived different lives and we've gone through different things that can um, ultimately help other people no matter what level. So I think it's a, it's a mindset thing that needs to change. And I really hope that, uh, you know, you do find that person because sometimes it can be lonely at the top when everybody thinks you have it all together but who do you talk to oh absolutely and man listen when you say that it's a mindset thing 
you are 100% right, 100% right. And unfortunately, I have found in the beauty industry that that's where the insecurities and confidence issues come up the most. And I have coached and trained and mentored people in music, graphic design, photography, wedding plan. I mean, I've done a lot. And that's what always comes up the heaviest, that it's, you know, dog eat dog and everybody really fighting each other uh, to come up and not really thinking about how do we mastermind this thing so all of us come up and everybody gets to meet their full potential. And it was one of the things that inspired my pivot in 2017 when I came back, so I was in Miami for 12 years. When I came back to New York, um, end of 2016, I was going through a lot. Speaking of what you were mentioning, when you say, you, man, listen, when you're the leader and you're the one pouring out, it's very, very difficult uh, to come into contact with others that actually want to pour in. You know, people are either short on time or they're threatened by you or whatever the case may be. But when I got back to New York City, it was such a drastic change. And I could see that people were a lot more talk than they were action. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you're amazing online and, you know, wanting to get close to me, you know, because I'm a unicorn and I have glitter all over me. Or maybe she's going to put some glitter on me, too. And, you know, it, it, that's really what it is. You know, some people really are just self-serving. And while I don't want to paint that as something wrong, I feel the issue is when you're self-serving, but you're painting yourself as someone that's for others. I would much rather just know you want to build your own thing than you come into my space and my thing. My whole brand is built on being a resource and running interference for others like me. So people see that and they're attracted to it. And then they realize, oh, snap, you're the real deal. I don't even know if I can be over here and I don't know if I fit. And then the insecurities and the confidence issues come up and it all keeps everyone from, as I said, moving forward together and really finding the people that they need and people getting lost in the sauce as they're developing what they want to do, the direction they want to go in. You know, I had to deal with a lot of uh, empty promises and and what do I do with this now? And girl, the tears, okay? I don't cried enough tears to wash out the Pacific and then restore it again, okay? But nobody talks about that stuff. Mm-hmm. They, they tell you a little bit, oh, it was hard to get here. But I'm like, well, are, are you talking about how your marriage almost fell apart or how your relationships were going through this or how your professional career suffered because you weren't willing to compromise the way everyone else was telling you? Mm-hmm. You see, and that's the stuff I talk about even on my podcast, you know what I'm saying? And so to point right back to what you were talking about, that's why I do what I do. It's why I say the things that I say and why I've found creative ways to, yes, get people's attention, but as they're watching the beauty stuff and then they're listening and they hear me say something and they're like, whoa, <laughs> you just dropped the ball. What is this? Let me go back to the beginning and really listen. I know I'm having an effect. And so it's hard. It is hard to build, develop, grow. Nothing in this world will develop you faster than trying to be an entrepreneur. I mean, well, maybe marriage, because girls, that's a whole other conversation, but I'm with you on that. 
Yes, yes, it, it is. I definitely can agree. Uh, entrepreneurship is not for the faint at heart at all. <laughs> not at all. So what are you excited about right now, Candice? Ooh, a lot. <laughs> um, I am excited. This is actually the first year where I have been able to slow down 40%. So very, very excited about that. I've wrapped my last session of the Confidence That Converts a creative business program that I did. And this is the first December and I don't even know how many years where I've actually got so much free time. I don't know what to do with it. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I've still got things to do, uh, but perfect example. I am wrapping up the last bits of the book I'm getting ready to release in March of 2020. I also will be speaking uh, for the first time on the West Coast out at Alt Summit, also in 2020. And there's just a number of other things that are going to be unfolding um, as a spring and summer release of family business that I've been like, whew, this, listen, it's one thing to build your own business, but with family, baby, it's a whole nother ball game. Um, so I've got plenty to be excited about health, wealth you know, of the restoration of my marriage to be transparent with you and your listeners. And um, yeah, very, very excited. Well, restoration is good. I'm glad to hear that. That's mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. That's good. And the book. So what is the book going to be about? <laughs> like, I mean, because you're, you're so, you have so many different, is it going to be beauty? Is it going to be confidence or image or yeah. Everything breaks down to always building one's confidence in their image. Okay. And I mean, I'd love to tell you more, but I don't want to spill too much tea wrapped around that one. But that is it. That is specifically, it's always that message of image impact and income and how your confidence affects those things. And so uh, essentially, it's, you know, just to give you an outline of sorts, it's my life and the lessons that have helped me to develop my image, brand, business, things of that nature. And um, not only the wins, but how the losses got me there. So yeah, it's going to be a doozy. <laughs> we got some stories to tell. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm super excited. So definitely make sure you keep me in the loop when the book comes out. And I will definitely um, have you back on to share the book and to talk about it when it launches next year. So I'll be on the lookout for that. I'm super excited. Congratulations on that. Tell us a little bit about your podcast too. Yes. And so a podcast is along the same lines. It's all about building confidence. And so the name of my podcast is just that confidence that converts. And I titled it that way, just as I did my program. So it gets people to ask the question converts to what, you know? And so it's all about more creativity, community and currency. And so on the podcast, it's all the same things with personal and professional development um, how your self-awareness transitions to self-mastery and how that self-mastery transforms your self-image. And so, you know, I have several guests on that sit down and have conversations of everything on improving the quality of your relationships and how that affects the way you show up professionally to breaking down things I've had to learn, you know, over 14 years of entrepreneurship and so many other things, but always with those three things in mind so that your confidence in your self-image really begins to transform 
and open doors for you. Awesome. Awesome. So I'll definitely uh, leave a link to that in the show notes and, um, and all of your other links on how people can connect with you. Um, I want to last you, ask you the final questions that I love to ask every guest on that comes on the podcast. And so the first one would be, how do you define success? It's personal. If I can just like wrap it up and keep it very succinct and short, success is not something that I feel anyone else can define for me or for you or anyone else for that matter. And the only way that you can define success is to understand yourself. Again, it's that self-awareness. It really allows you to say, this is enough or this is too much. And then not be looking at what someone else has achieved or attained as the ultimate goal for you. You know, I know so many people who come to me and they're like, I finally built this thing and I'm miserable. And I'm like, well, did you build it for you? Or did you build it for who? Like, who was it that you were trying to impress or prove something to? And so uh, the way that I would define success is that it personally fits your unique image. And at the end of the day, no matter how much work, no matter how much trouble or pain or things you have to go through, you go to sleep, maybe a little tired or exhausted, but happy and fulfilled and you wake up like what are we going to do today that would be the way i would define success awesome so what is your favorite book or book that you're currently reading right now oh okay so i read quite a few i actually have it here with me uh, my favorite book though the book that has probably had the most profound impact on my life is from brene brown and it's called Daring Greatly. And, you know, I found this book in probably one of the hardest times of life when I was a ball head scallywag, as I said before. <laughs> and nothing made any sense. <laughs> and I was trying to heal physically and emotionally. And it, it talks a great deal about doing the very things that are so hard for you to do. And a lot of it is centered on vulnerability. And it's, I believe what Brene says about it, that you cannot be creative unless you're willing to be vulnerable. And so that's one of the other things I help my students to develop, but hands down, favorite book. Now, um, I just read a book on investing and the one, I just finished it literally days ago, and the one I literally have right here is from Paul Arden. And the name of the book is, it's not how good you are, it's how good you want to be. So it's a long title, but listen, it's a short read and I feel it's, it's powerful for us creatives um, to catch up on. It really challenges you in funny ways that you don't expect. And so um, that's what I'm currently reading. Great, great. So um, as an entrepreneur, what is your favorite tool that you use to operate in business? Absolutely easy webinar. Now, I wanna be fully transparent and say that while it is my favorite tool, I am an affiliate. However, I always teach my students, and as I was sharing with you and your listeners before, task management is really king over time management will ever be with creatives. And so, Easy Webinar is one of those softwares 
that I can use to do a great deal of recording, to automate any messages or content or information. You know, after all these years of building to this level, I have like a little bit of nothing with time when it comes to that. Like I don't have the time to educate every single person I come across one-to-one on the phone and you'll drive yourself psychotic. And so it has allowed me to take my messages, my teaching, my education, and format it, learn more about how I, I teach, what I offer, and without having to do it consistently. Awesome, awesome. Well, definitely uh, make sure you send me the link to that and we'll get that out as well. Sounds like a great um, software to take a look into. I'm actually interested myself. (laughs) (laughs) We got to find all the ways that we can to save the time. And so I had tried several and I will tell you straight away, tech is not my ministry. Okay. (laughs) I can do a lot of things well. Technology will never, ever be one of them. And so um, anyone that can literally make that part of my life easier, like I'm going to go hard for it. Great, great. So it has been absolutely awesome talking to you. And I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Do you have anything else, last things you want to share with us before we go? No, just, just this. And it's that your unique image is the very key you need to unlock your confidence to create, to communicate, to connect with others, to build the business and the life of your dreams. If you get a hold of that, nothing and no one can hold you back. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been actually so um, awesome speaking with you today. Everyone, Candice Shepard, make sure you check her out and we are out. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Also connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also email us at bbnetworkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at IamBrandyTaylor and at Exquisite Looks. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Exquisite Looks. And you can check out my website at ExquisiteLooks.com. I really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon. Remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.